Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with your host, Alicia McCormack. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast brings all your favorite bloggers, experts, and wedding-y things straight to your ears and your brain. It sure does. And uh, for that, I am eternally grateful. Thank you for listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. I'm Alicia McCormack. If you have never listened before, this is a podcast about all things wedding the number one podcast about all things wedding if I do say so myself. And this week is Bridesmaids Week. If I had a budget, I would have uh, had a, a series of a cappella uh, songs written to celebrate this week of friendship and love and dresses and trying to bring people together. If you haven't heard Monday's episode, the first episode in this series of two episodes, uh, I suggest maybe go back and listen to it before you hear this episode. It is, uh, I, I titled it. Bridesmaid 101. So really it was all about how to bring together these very special people in your lives, the bridesmaids, if you're going to have a bridal party, and how to to connect them together because they're not always people that know each other and get along. And sometimes there are some weird vibes happening unbeknownst to you, the bride or groom or couple. And uh, just really, I wanted to express how perhaps you could preempt some of these potential issues and make it easier make it fun. Now, I don't want to put a negative Nelly stance on it, and I certainly hope that you didn't get that if you've listened to the show. I think bridesmaids, groomsmen, the bridal party all coming together is such a fabulous thing. It's celebration of your friendship and love. You've asked them to be a part of it, and there is nothing nicer than having those sort of good vibes carry on to your big day. But also, as we know, weddings make people crazy. So that's what I wanted to bring to the podcast this week. Very excited. I have a special guest on today, author Kate Chinawith. She's the author of The Bridesmaid's Guide, Modern Advice on Etiquette Parties and Being Fabulous. Oh, I love the title. And the best thing is, is the book is from the bridesmaid's perspective. I've talked about the bride's perspective. So today's all about bridesmaids. And uh, Kate is going to answer a couple of listener questions. So if you've written in asking a question about bridesmaids, you might be in luck. Let's get to the interview. Kate, welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. It is so lovely to have you on board. Oh, it's great to be here. Now, you wrote the book, I'm going to say the name again just to do another super plug, The Bridesmaid Guide, Modern Advice on Etiquette Parties and Being Fabulous. That's how you have to say it in my books. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> what prompted you to write this lovely book? Well, to tell you the truth, it's it's a sad story because I was chosen as the maid of honor for a dear friend and I had no idea what to do. And luckily, she was very forgiving Um, And she didn't mind that I really muddled my way through. And I did end up throwing a a bridal shower that was very non-traditional. I made her wear a bonnet and go out to bars because she (laughs) loved Pride and Prejudice and order drinks in this hip neighborhood while wearing this bonnet. But, you know, in terms of other things about the actual wedding, I was just not very aware of what I was supposed to do. So in that kind of spirit of wanting to find out everything... I decided to write the book. Yeah, and I think, actually, I just want to say, if you've made her wear a bonnet now in hipster time, that would actually be fashionable again. (laughs) I know. I think she actually enjoyed it. I think she did. I bet. I bet. (laughs) 
It's great to see something written from a bridesmaid's perspective because I've been a bridesmaid a couple of times and I couldn't agree with you more, Kate, that it can be a little bit overwhelming, especially if you're not in that sort of world because I certainly wasn't in the wedding world, I mean, prior to obviously now talking about weddings full time, but it was not something I'd ever really thought about, about the etiquette and the traditions and I suppose every bride has different expectations as to what her bridesmaids do, but it can be a little overwhelming. It can. I think I have a line in the book that says something like, brides are as different as snowflakes. And that's sort of the point, which is, especially if you've been a bridesmaid in more than one wedding, you know how dramatically different they can be. You can be spending literally over $1,000. You can be spending $100. It could be outside at a picnic. It could be really, really upscale. So you, you sort of have to roll with the punches and base everything about your expectations on who the bride is because that's that's your main weapon as a bridesmaid is that you know the bride and you have to kind of rely on that. I just did an episode about, you know, it's a big commitment when you're asking a friend to be a bridesmaid and a lot of brides overlook or financial hardships and also asking really unreasonable things of these really good friends of them. And then relationships can end in bad ways when things go wrong. So I suppose it'd be really lovely to talk to you about from that perspective as well, how to keep friendships alive during these high pressure times. (laughs) That's right. I mean, that's the focus. A lot of what I talk about in the book is the the emotional component of it that really you have to look at it as being a friend to somebody rather than, you know, some formal role that you don't know anything about. Because, you know, the best thing, you know, that can prepare you for being a bridesmaid is genuinely loving this person and wanting to help them because they're probably going to be a neurotic version of their former self. I mean, I... (laughs) I really have to say that um, I had a friend tell me recently that around my wedding, I was worried about how my dress might clash with my wedding cake. <laughs> and that is like the opposite of who I am. And I have no memory of saying that. I was like, you're making that up. That can't possibly be true. But but I, I believe her. I think I probably did say something like that. So um, you have to keep in mind that the bride is um, not really her true, most fabulous self sometimes and you have to be patient with that do you think though some brides become sort of like i'm going to do comic book reference here just a two-face in a way and not in a terrible way but you uh, behaviors occur that sometimes you don't expect them to behave like that it gives me a lot of sympathy for brides i really understand the pressure and stress and especially when you're taking in so much media you're looking at so many you know Pinterest boards and, you know, advice columns and so much social media, you really get overloaded and you kind of become a little insane. And so that's why one of the key pieces of advice I always give to bridesmaids is try to keep your sense of humor because the bride (laughs) is going to lose hers completely. The biggest thing, uh, I'm thinking back on my two or three uh, opportunities, my two or three. (laughs) (laughs) Tours of duty. Exactly, exactly. My uh, tours of duty of, of, of bridesmaids have been me being the clown and when things getting, you know, heated or you're going, why is my friend acting like this? It's just me dicking around until they sort of forget what's happening. So I suppose that's, you know, if you can do it, do it. It's right. crazy. That's right. And you can look, I mean, the reason I have this or wanted to create this book is because you can go back to this and hopefully be reminded of the core reasons you're doing it to begin with. 
which is that you really love this, you know, this lady is a fabulous lady who you have been friends with for years and you really want to show up as a friend. And that that's sort of through thick and thin. And and the wedding is definitely going to be one of the harder times, but it's going to be worth it on the other side because she's going to come through it and and your friendship is going to be stronger for having gone through that experience together. When I did a, an episode earlier in the week, um, uh, I called it Bridesmaid 101, but it was how to how to avoid drama. That was my sort of big um, message. I, I'd love to get your thoughts on finances because I think a lot of brides have their own idea about how they want things to look and go, but then often you, you know you don't think about how much money a dress will cost or how much money traveling to a certain area can be. How? What's your advice from a bridesmaid's perspective to a bride about how to deal with money and budget when it comes to involving your friends? Well, again, it's sort of the same issue. You know who these people are. So if you have one friend who's especially struggling you may want to offer to help out or just try to make things financially a little bit easier for her. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully the whole group wouldn't have a problem with that. That would be a case where one bridesmaid was in a very kind of strapped period of her life and really couldn't show up for that. The other thing you can do as a bride is seriously offer people the choice. Say, I want you to be a bridesmaid. I love you so much, but I know you're going through a time where, you know, you may not want to spend the money. You may not want to have this extra commitment and be really straightforward. And I think give the bridesmaid the choice. If she doesn't think she can do it, everybody will be better off if you ask her and really give permission to say, you know, I just don't think that's something I can pull off right now. Yeah. So I think it's about being sensitive and knowing who your friends are. If, if you're the bride, the, the secondary piece is don't pick a lot of expensive stuff. There is so much out there that's beautiful. And for example, J. Crew, their, uh, yeah. their bridesmaids dresses go on sale every single year. So depending how long you're planning out, you can really try to, you know, get in there when there's a sale. Think about the fact that these ladies are going to have to spend so much money and give gifts as well. So, whether it's, you know, jewelry, shoes, um, you know, there's this trend right now for really brightly colored shoes in some weddings. Mm. And so some people are buying shoes for their bridesmaids. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways you can contribute. And then the bridesmaids have to also be savvy. You know what I mean? Don't be a whiner. You know, figure out ways to save money. And you can do it. You, you can pair up and stay with a friend um, at the hotel instead of having your own room. You can, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can try to cut costs. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's one of the main points as well of being uh, on board with planning ahead, not booking flights two weeks before. I think it always, the onus does come down on being an adult and being responsible, I suppose. Yes, no, it definitely does. And you're going to you're gonna have to pay the piper if you commit and you don't get a little organized about it. Yeah, true. And I, I love J. Crew. I'm going to put some, I do show notes, Kate, each week with, uh, with my podcast. And I always put links and photos of things we talk about. So I will put some for photos of uh, some of the fabulous offerings that J. Crew have each year. And it's always great to see, I think they do a color matching where you can pick a color and there are about five or six different styles of dresses. And I think that's wonderful for all the different body shapes that we all have to still have a theme going if that's your, if that's what you want to do, but also uh, have different styles of dresses. That's right. Well, I think that's definitely, you know, one of the trends that's here to stay is 
having bridesmaids either select, you know, say the neckline of their dress or the length of their dress. You know, there's a lot of different ways that they can weigh in so that they feel most comfortable and, you know, most gorgeous on this day when they have to stand up in front of so many people. But I will say another piece of advice to bridesmaids is the dresses right now. There's a lot of almost like slip style dresses and tiered dresses, spaghetti strap dresses, and you do not want to skimp on paying for your undergarments because <laughs> that is really going to give you some confidence or borrow them from, yeah. from a friend. You know what I like? If you need like a special bra, like just bite the bullet and get it. Because I remember being in that dilemma in my early twenties at some point I had a dress and I was like, I really need to go out and get something that's going to make this look a little better. And, uh, and finally I did. And I was so relieved. I was, it was really worth it. So if you do rewear it. I mean, I know I bought for our wedding, I bought some, um, Oh, in Australia, you call them invisible undies, but they were, you know, the, <laughs> it sounds really, oh, that doesn't sound as sexy as they probably should be. But the the, <laughs> the underwear where you can't see, you know, they're not a G-string. I didn't want that thing up my, my bot, but I, it was right. like, a, you know, some quite slinky undies, but you couldn't see the visible panty line. And right. And I've worn them so many other times in dresses and I felt embarrassed that I hadn't bought them before because I thought, oh gosh, how often had I walked around with a big undies line showing on my skirts and stuff. So they're an investment. They are. And same with Spanx, getting a pair of Spanx, you know. So I just think that's, uh, that's a piece of advice to bridesmaids. I know you're trying to get out cheap, but whatever you need to do to, to feel comfortable as comfortable as possible in this outfit that most of the time somebody else is essentially choosing for you. Yeah. And you know, that, you know, sometimes you're going to have to just suck it up. For example, if the bride is choosing, this definitely happens, a lipstick color for everyone. Mm. Um, you know, and you're like, Oh, this lipstick looks hideous on me. <laughs> you know, those are the kinds of things you're just going to have to, you're just going to have to do it. Just wear the lipstick. It's fine. You know, yeah, just suck um, it up. Yeah, but there are places where you can make a difference in how you feel. And so whether that's getting a pair of shoes that's a low heel, even even though maybe you kind of think you, you'd rather wear a high heel, but you're worried about tripping, you know, get the low heel if you want, you know, just be sure to try and make yourself comfortable because, you know, you're on your feet. It's an exhausting experience on the actual wedding day. And uh, you want to just have, you want to have fun. And if you feel really frumpy or, you know, your, your feet are hurting, it's, it's a little harder to have fun. I'm a really big advocate of honesty. And I think if you are in a situation, and of course you've got to judge the situation, but if you're trying a dress on that makes you feel awful and the bride's there going, do you love it? I just say maybe speak up and say, oh, I don't feel that comfortable. What do you think, Kate? Can you be blatant like that? I, it depends on the bride. I mean, I think you, that's again, you have to rely on your knowledge of her. I think honesty is important, but brides are in this pretty fragile state and they may have looked at and discarded literally 200 dresses before getting to the one that you're trying on. Oh my God, what a nightmare. You know, if that's the case, you want to be sensitive about it. If they're very casual and you're just like trying on a bunch of things to see, oh, what do we like? Then, you know, you can go ahead and say, oh, this is not going to work, you know, on my body. But maybe some of the other bridesmaids would look good in it. Yeah. I and mean, you can sort of couch it like that. But, you know, I, I the main thing is not to, <clears throat> excuse me, press your own opinion too heavily on her because she's not just worried about you. She's worried about an entire event that involves hundreds of people. And um, that's a lot of stress and pressure. So, 
you know, I think it's important to be honest and you can say maybe, you know, this is not, this really isn't flattering. I have to be honest, but I will show up in it because I love you, but not because I think I'll look good. I think if you can do it in that sort of funny way, if you can, you know, help her see the levity of the situation, um, that you're willing to actually look bad for her, sure. um, that, that can help. I think that that can help her maintain a sense of humor and also remind her that she should be empathetic to her friends who are going to have to stand up in front of everybody and, and wear this, this outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I think message to brides, it's your day. You've got your special dress, but you know, think about getting your girls something that they can rewear. I'm always banging on about rewearing, but you know, there are so many great options out there that don't have to include frills. Well, maybe frills are back in now, but you know, hideous colors and awful cuts that your guts and your arms are hanging out. You just don't want that. No, definitely not. And I mean, that's what I mean about the dresses right now. They are a little less structured and so, you know, I think that brides want to be sensitive to that, you know? Yeah. It's, we're not, it's we're a, not all we're not all supermodels and sticks and wife people. That that's right. That's right. And I will say I you know, I've been in weddings where they had outfits that you were supposed to wear again and I haven't really worn them again. Yeah. And then I've been in weddings where I had an I got to pick my own bridesmaid's dress and I've worn that dress I mean, to death, I've worn it, I've, I've worn it, hun- it seems like hundreds of times. So, you know, I, I feel like you never quite know exactly what someone is going to wear again, but you can do your best. And, and I think the nicest, you know, one of the nicest things to do is go with a solid color cocktail dress that is going to be good for parties, good for possibly another wedding. You yeah. know, I think the frillier and more complicated it is, the less likely it is that it will ever be worn again. You said um, it. You said it. And I think, you know, I, I've said this before and a couple of other guests have said, you know, one of the best ways to tie it together is an accessory, a pashmina, a earring, a necklace, something that they can, you know, wear again. And, and uh, it doesn't necessarily mean everyone has to wear the same dress. That's right. I know. And I've definitely been in weddings like that as well. And we were just given, you know, a color palette. Uh, there's also the idea of everybody wearing black which is, you know, which can really work, especially for an evening wedding. So, and that way people can choose their style. Um, And so that, that also always works. I was just looking at a wedding the other day where uh, the bride wore pink and the bridesmaids wore white. Love it. Uh, I know. (laughs) I thought that was fun. So, yeah. And I think that depending on the kind of wedding, I mean, if it's a country wedding uh, that, you know, and maybe the the bridesmaids are wearing even a print, which is something that's happening sometimes now in a more casual dress, then that's also just a summer dress that they can wear anytime. So keeping that in mind is, is super helpful. I am less about like the separates, you know, this, the pants and the top. Mm -hmm. I, when I, when I wore a skirt and a top combo, I mean, I literally never wore either one again, but (laughs) you know, I think it's, so I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of uh, different ways to slice it. And the bride should think about that, her first priority should be price and comfort um, and, and, and sort of like versatility instead of, you know, oh, it should be separate so they can wear it again. I think thinking of how versatile is this piece of clothing is the best way to imagine it. Yes, too true. Kate Chenoweth is, uh, she's the author of The Bridesmaid Guide, a modern advice on etiquette, parties, and being fabulous. And she is my special guest today. The theme, Bridesmaid Week. I've even hashtagged it, Kate. Bridesmaid Week. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay! We'll be back just after this. 
I've held on to this one a little while, especially for you, Kate. It's from Sandra. She wrote to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Facebook page. Thank you very much, Sandra. She says, my good friend is a little older, uh, she said he like 20 years, than my other friends. I'd really like her to be a bridesmaid, but I don't want her to feel uncomfortable. Do you have any tips? I think that's I think that's a great question, but there's so many people now uh, having weddings who are older, yeah. and it's not at all unusual to have someone in your wedding party who is a little older than the rest or dramatically younger. So I think that there's a lot of leeway now in a way there didn't used to be when weddings were more traditional. Mm-hmm. But the best way to put that person at home is, I think. It's all in the outfit in this situation. You want them to not be put in a ridiculous dress that someone 20 years younger should be wearing. So, you know, the best way to make them feel comfortable is to respect their age and, you know, give them an outfit that feels more mature. And I don't see any reason why that friend shouldn't stand up with the rest of your group. Unless, of course... You ask, frankly, and, you know, she turns you down. I think it's worth asking that person and saying, look, if this is going to make you uncomfortable, why don't we find a way for you to be in the wedding another another way? There's mm-hmm. so many different things people can do. They can do readings. You know, they can be involved in, they can give the marquee toast. Um, so there's a lot of ways that you can involve someone if you feel that they won't be comfortable being a bridesmaid. But really the only way to find out is for you to ask them. But I don't think any bride should hold back from having a friend stand up for her. If she truly loves her and they have a great relationship and you want her there, her age should not be a factor. Yeah, I I agree. Sandra is, I think, exactly that. If there's a commitment and and, uh, you gel, she'll get it. And you'll be honest about saying, you know, exactly. I mean, I think that's a message for all brides to say, we don't all have to wear teeny bopper dresses like we're 17. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You just really want to make people comfortable. They're going to have so much more fun. We don't want to all show our vaginas. That's just basically where I'm at. (laughs) That's right. And you don't want a super tight across the midsection dress. No one's got Giselle abs. And if you do celebrate, but we don't all want to see your flat stomach. Let's... Although I've just done a fitness episode, so we should all have flat stomachs now uh, because we're following Scott Colby, my la- one of my lovely last guests. Uh, fitness plan. We'll all get fit. Um, now, I've shortened this name. It's, I'm going to call her SV because I feel like you might not want to have this out and about. She says, Kate, we're getting married in August. Everything's gone smoothly, except that one of my bridesmaids has just gone through a marriage breakup and is now very low energy about our wedding day. I feel terrible, and what makes it worse is that she is my future husband's sister. How can I revive her enthusiasm? Oh, Oh, what a situation. Oh, it's that's Yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. But first of all, try not to take so much responsibility on yourself, mm. SV, because... You cannot single-handedly revive her excitement about the institution of marriage. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, first of all, of cut your, yeah, cut yourself some slack on that <laughs> front. And also give her a little time. You know, yeah. August is actually, you know, you still have quite a ways to get there. And the first three months after especially something that traumatic can be really hard and, and someone can be quite depressed. Mm. And may not respond very well to you saying, look, you seem really depressed. What's the matter? Get excited about my wedding. (laughs) So rather than push hard now, I would give some space. 
you know, if at the end of three months or as things get closer, if there still seems to be a real lack of enthusiasm, I think you have to say, let's meet for drinks or coffee and just have a really honest conversation and say, look, I can't imagine what this feels like to try and celebrate your brother's wedding when you yourself are having such a, you know, transitional time. What do you want to do? You know, you tell me and try to, you know, get that person to open up. And if that really doesn't work and they are just recalcitrant, the best thing you can do is try to put it out of your mind as the bride. This person is not going to grandstand. They're not going to ruin anything. Uh, It's really up to you uh, how much they ruin it for you. So if you can just kind of say, look, I I can't control the outside forces in this world and I'm going to have the best time I can knowing that, you know, one of my bridesmaids might be, you know, a little bit transitional, not really having the easiest time with it. But but I think that on the actual wedding day, people really show up in a way that you can't expect. And also cut that person slack for the bridal shower, for the parties, for the gifts. Try not to have really, really high expectations because likelihood is on the actual wedding day with all the family there, you know, when the stakes are high, that person will do what they need to do. Yeah, she'll come through with the goods. And look, six months down the track, she's probably going to get on Tinder and have a Tinder date or something. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's that's the hope. And maybe your wedding, maybe your wedding is the thing that puts her back on track. Yes, to, you know. So I think you just have to kind of do a, a glass half full optimist look at it and remind yourself that you really can't, uh, you know, affect somebody else's psychology. What they bring to your wedding is sort of belongs to them. Yeah. Oh, poor SV. But thank you for sending the the question through, and thank you, Kate, for answering that one because you did it a lot more eloquently than I would have done on my own. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's why I like having guests on to answer the questions so I don't stuff it up. Kate, have we got time now for a little quick Q&A about you? Because I'd like my listeners to get to know you before we leave you uh, to carry on with your day. So, oh, of course. So here are some little quick, I'm, I like to call this the McCormack one minute. It usually goes for more than one minute, but we don't count time on this podcast. What is your favorite beauty product? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> you know what? I think I just, this new Smashbox illuminating powder I got oh. is really, really great. I went in, do you have Sephora? Yeah. There? So I was in Sephora and I had been having this translucent powder that was making me look really chalky. And I just went to the lady and I said, help. And she gave me some really great advice and got me this powder in a slightly um, darker tone. And I'm loving it. it. It's matte, but it also gives your skin some kind of, um, it gives you coverage, but also looks really, really natural because I don't wear very much makeup. So uh, yeah, that's my that's my newest beauty product. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I love an illuminator because you can put it on your cheekbones. You can put it above your eyebrows. They're all the different. I love it in Sephora when they, you know, they come up and they go, here's 50 ways to use this product. And I'm like, oh my God, just keep talking. I want to know it all. Yeah, I know. I know. They're amazing. They're kind of, they're a little bit scary, but they're yeah, a little bit they're amazing. they're full on. Sometimes you recoil a little bit, but then you've just got to yeah. go with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. eBay or Etsy? Um, Etsy. Yeah. Have you purchased anything recently on Etsy that you like? Oh my gosh, I got an amazing Christmas tree topper. That was a while ago, but it was honestly, I was searching and searching and searching and it's made of laser cut wood. So I didn't want something that was kind of, you know, coated in glue and sequins. And anyway, that's not wedding related, but I love looking on Etsy for everything. I mean, I buy 
when a friend has a baby, I buy stuffed animals uh, for the baby on Etsy, onesies, um, you know, anything to do with, you know, wedding jewelry. They have some amazing, amazing uh, sellers on Etsy that do matching bridesmaids necklaces. So as a bride, that's a great place to look. Um, I literally never use eBay. But I love Etsy. See, I only use eBay when I need money. But uh, Etsy, <laughs> Etsy, I'm always posting in my show notes, always posting my favorite Etsy finds because I'm obsessed, basically. Now, Kate, are you a podcast listener? Uh, I am, although I'm a little NPR in my podcast tastes. I generally listen to news shows and right. um like on the media that's out of New York. I love that show. Um, but yes, I'm a huge podcast lover. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy to hear it. Cause I always like to ask my guests what they listen to. And if, if, how about if you've never listened to a podcast before, what's a show that you would say to someone to go and download right now? Obviously my show, but second to that, what would it be? Well, yes, first your show <laughs> and then download serial. Ah, uh, of course. Good old it's cereal. so good. It's so addicting, and that might be the most predictable response. But no, it I'm is for it, it is a podcast that will draw in anybody who doesn't understand what podcasts are about. Yeah, uh, and you know we wait with bated breath for series serial series two, which you know will come. And gosh, I can't wait to see what they're going to talk about. How can it live up to the? Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of pressure, and we've still got to follow his case. Oh, don't get me started. I know. Oh, agony. Now, here's one. I, I stole this from the internet and I love it so much. I'm now going to ask every one of my guests ever. If you had to marry your partner where you first met, the very first location, where would the wedding be held? Oh, what a terrible question. <laughs> oh, God. It would be held. I met my husband when I was in graduate school and in Davis, California, where we first met was actually at a farmer's market. So there you go. You're getting married in the farmer's market. <laughs> actually, that's really hip. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? They The reason I went to the, that farmer's market is because they had these just gooey, delicious, fragrant, just baked cinnamon buns. Oh. And that, you know, that would be the perfect thing for a wedding. I mean, nobody could resist these. The line would just be like to the end of the park. It was just absolutely delicious so it actually would be a pretty good place to get married i think you've actually won the prize on that one because my past guests i've had boring offices i've had awful crappy italian you know restaurants that you'd never ever go to ever again but you i think you've won a prize now i'm gonna award you <laughs> the farmer's that's, market <laughs> that's excellent well that's the prize the prize is living in california because Woo-hoo! you know that's how you let go yeah, because I was going to say, a farmer's market in London where I am at the moment, they're gorgeous, but they're freezing at this current time. Probably wouldn't be doing a wedding right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Kate, if people want to purchase your wonderful book, where can we find it? The easiest place is Amazon.com. Great. I will be adding the link to that. Uh, and I say to brides and bridesmaids, because I know I have lots of bridesmaids and lots of brides that have been bridesmaids. Oh, my gosh, it's so meta listening to the show. <laughs> so, so I'd say purchase a copy and then get inside brides. Get inside your bridesmaids' minds. Think about That's right. something from their perspective for once. And the other thing you can do, and this is advice I give to brides, and it's not just a plug for the book, is – 
you can give this book as a gift oh, to idea. each of your bridesmaids. And I've had so many people write into Amazon to say that exact thing. I bought six of these. I gave it to my bridesmaids and I didn't ever have to talk to them again about what they were <laughs> supposed to do because, you know, there's a whole section in here on team building and how you can create a great team with the bridesmaids. So you guys stay organized and you don't have to like hassle the bride and bring her into every detail of planning and there's so much you can do when you have the right tools. So if all the bridesmaids have the same book, it makes a huge difference. And I think it also builds enthusiasm for wanting to work together and for wanting to make it easy and fun. Totally. Here's what we're going to do. You buy them a cute little Etsy tote bag and pop a copy of Kate's book inside. And then you go, will you be my bridesmaid? Or after you've had the discussion, you go, here you go. Let's get planning. Oh, perfect. That's right. Can I add one thing, though? Yes. With the book in the tote bag, maybe like a bottle of champagne. Oh, even better. I want to be a bridesmaid right now. If they gave me the tote bag, the book, and the champagne, I'll be anyone's bridesmaid. I'm available. <laughs> That's right. It makes it, it just makes it go down easier. Oh, Kate, thank you so much for coming on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Fabulous to have a bridesmaid's perspective and a bridesmaid expert lady on as well. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks. It was so fun. <laughs> 